You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 37. Houston, the Cubs have a problem. Don't forget to listen, download, review, most importantly, subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on the socials, Fly the W670 on Twitter, Instagram, and Fly the W on Facebook. Of course, you can email us, Fly the W670 at gmail.com. All right, Crowley Cubs, Astros recap. It was a rough, rough week since last time we talked. Yep, well, you said before we left, just don't get swept, and it looked like that was going to happen, and then it didn't. (laughs) Yeah, I was really sitting there on uh, Wednesday night feeling pretty good about the uh, prediction, feeling pretty good about lighting a fire underneath uh, Seiya Suzuki, and uh, it didn't uh, come to pass. But let's uh, rewind a little bit. Let's go back to Monday. The uh, Cubs were facing the world champs and Framber Valdez. Yep, Jamison Tyone versus Framber Valdez. This is the start of the very – I mean, it was so weird because there were so many frustrating ways to lose, and it seems like the Cubs got them all. Uh, They lost this one 6-4. Some key takeaways from this uh, this game right here. Jamison Tyone didn't do much again. Defense didn't help him out on this one. With two outs and runners at second and third, uh, notorious Cubs killer Jose Abreu hit one to left. It should have been caught by Morell, Christopher Morell. He was playing left field while Ian Happ DH. Two runs Why? scored. Two runs scored. Uh, look, man, that's, that's going to be part of the growing pains that Cub fans are going to have to deal with if the Cubs plan to play Morell all over as opposed to just third base. If you want him to play a bunch of positions and that's going to get him the most at bats, I think that that was the plan was just to give Ian a day off, let him rest. Not left field. Okay, again, not left field in that goofy-ass ballpark. Okay. I'm all fine with him playing left field. Play left field at Wrigley Field. Play left field in a standard left field. Not that goofy-ass place, the Minute Maid, the Juice Box, whatever they're calling it now. And, and if you're gonna give, <laughs> And if you're going to give, if you're going to give a guy a day off, like Ian Happ, then give him the day off. Get him off his feet, have him sit down, pinch it if needed, but then give him a day off. If you're going to DH him against the world champs, then have him play left field. He's a gold glover playing in an odd left field doesn't make any sense i digress i agree and and so um you know it's just a bad start and so two more runs would come across to score all with two outs and the cubs were down four nothing so on a day that the cubs needed length out of tyone after wesneski and stroman had short starts in minnesota he's only able to go 4.2 innings and he gave up seven hits four runs one walk um he only had one k and you know, when you talk about that outfielder, Bellinger, Cody Bellinger said it's got some unique dimensions. It's got intimidating big walls. Uh, it wasn't a lack of effort for Morell. He was out no. there in BP no. putting all the reads and bouncing the balls, all the fences. It was just weird places. And so Morell just said in practice, I tried to learn this, where the ball's going, how the ball goes and jumps. This is my first time here. I'll try to be better next time. But you can't blame him like you said for that. No, I don't blame him. I blame David Ross. That wasn't smart. That, that just didn't make any sense. It, right. It, it, again, if if you gave Ian Happ the day off, meaning pinch hit only, okay, I'll accept it. But when you got him DHing, then may as well have a Gold Glover playing in a goofy left field like that is. So after that frustrating, and the Cubs are down, and you have to face Framber Valdez, and you're you know you're like, oh God, you know, not going to happen. Well, you know, especially because the Cubs had some of their runners in scoring position issues. They had runners at first and second in the second inning, at third. Uh, in the first, and I'm sorry, in the second inning and the third inning, but they couldn't cash him in. They finally broke through in the fourth with when with two outs and the runners at the corners, Jan Gomes hit a sack fly to make it 
a two to a four to one game. And then after a Nick magical single put two runners on, you have Chris Morrell who hit a home run. This one, just a measly 401 feet. It wasn't one of his massive ones. And the game was tied at four. And you're feeling pretty good, right? This The kid made a mistake out and left, and now he, he sits there and he ties it up with his bat. And, and it wasn't really an impressive at bat because he was down 0-2. Valdez was throwing him all sorts of nasty stuff. He fought his way back. It was his fourth homer in six games. All four have gone over 400 feet and he's second in home runs behind Patrick Wisdom with six, even though he's played a month in Iowa. So he's the first <laughs> Cub to hit four home runs in his first six games since Alfonso Soriano, the Fonz, in 2009. Hey. The, the funny thing, Dustin, is that the Cubs knocked Valdez out. It's the shortest start since April 13th, 2022. Unfortunately, so over the a Cubs, year, a calendar year. Absolutely. And, and and unfortunately, the Cubs offense couldn't muster any more offense as the Astros pen used five pitchers over the next five innings and only gave up one hit. Mm, so the what's Cubs, that like? Right. The Cubs offense had four runs on eight hits, but went one for four with runners in scoring position. They left six on base. Dustin, they struck out 16 times. And for a team that doesn't have a lot of power bats, that, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, that number's way too high. Way too many swings and misses. Right. We talked about in the beginning of the season, look, you, you know, you're not going to hit a lot of home runs, but that should mean more contact. 16 whiffs. I mean, that's just too much. And and you were upset about uh, Dust, uh, David Ross putting Morell in left. But what about the bullpen management? They called up two young pitchers from Iowa. They called up Nick Birdie. They called back up Jeremiah Estrada. But he decides to trot out Michael Fulmer in the seventh. Got the first two outs before giving up a single and a two-run homer to Alex Bregman to put the Astros up six to four he would walk one more batter before ross would put out jeremiah estrada so that would put fulmer's era up to 750 and estrada comes into the game he gives up a deep fly ball and cody bellinger makes probably one of the best catches i've ever seen in center field look like spider-man and and just unbelievable i don't know if it would have been a home run but it was just a gorgeous play but then he had to be helped off the field with an apparent knee injury so that's a great way to end game one. Right. So a couple of things to let me follow up on. Um, I would have wanted to see Estrada before Fulmer. And then Correct. if Estrada faltered, you bring Fulmer in, 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 my, in, in my opinion. And then what's the point of Birdie? To, to, to write a good story, a feel-good a feel story? You know, he likes Tex-Mex, so he needed to be in Houston. I, I don't understand. And the Cody Bellinger thing, that really scared the crap out of me. I was really, really worried. Feared the worst. And as we go through this, uh, Cody Bellinger is okay, but we still haven't seen him play. And he was supposedly available for pinch hit opportunity on Wednesday's ball game, but we did not see him pinch hit. Right. And we thought the same thing about Nico, and then they put him on the 10-day IL. Right. So I'm not going to hold my right. breath Now, they'll be retroactive one. and all that stuff, but we're not sure if uh, – Bellinger will be, you know, in the lineup Friday when they take on the Phillies. Right. And so that takes us to game two, Justin Steele versus Christian Javier. And this is the one, Dustin, that you and I were the most confident in. And Absolutely. He, you know, steals the stopper, no worries. And the Cubs lose seven to three. This one hurt because after a bad start by Stroman, you, you needed Steele to be the stopper. And he gave up one run in the first inning, which isn't unusual for Justin. You know, usually the front first is a little bit rough for him, but once he gets rolling, forget about it. But in the fourth, Steele hit Alex Bregman in the pitch, and then this was just shocking for anyone that's watched Steele all year. 
the Astros hit four doubles and the Cubs were down five nothing. Now it I looked like batting practice. I mean, they found every gap. It looked like really good sixteen inch Chicago softball players placing the ball wherever they wanted to. It was double after double after double. I will say this about Steele. He continued uh, on and gave the bullpen a rest. He went six innings pitch, and it didn't look like he was going to make that. Yeah, I like the effort. And then there was, of course, the uh, talk that the flu was going through the clubhouse. Right. And so, you know, Steele pitching, not feeling 100%. He gave up five hits, five runs, one walk, still had eight Ks. It really just came down to a bad fourth inning. And, you know, it really blows your mind when it comes to Justin Steele. This was a tweet by Jordan Bastian said he entered tonight having allowed six doubles total in his first eight starts, 49 innings pitch. He's given up five doubles through four innings pitch to the Astros. So, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? It's just, it was a, a freak thing. And then Nick Birdie did come in and make his first MLB appearance since August 3rd, 2020, a guy who suffered through a lot of injuries. He pitched one inning. He gave up two runs on one hit and a walk. He struck out one. But he was hitting 99 miles per hour on the gun. So, I mean, obviously you don't want this guy to give up any runs. It's a good team that you're facing in Houston. And I will say that, you know, it's we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully they don't just give up on this guy. Hopefully not. And then, hopefully and not, Crowley. Offensively, Dustin, I texted you when the lineup came out. I said, look at what 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 Ross is, is rolling out here. It was magical, followed by Swanson, Morrell, Hap Suzuki, Mervis, Mastrobuani, Hosmer, Barnhart, and Steele. I just looked at that and I, I said, you got to be kidding me. You, you can't be serious putting that out there. It was I mean, the weirdest, weirdest, most questionable lineup I've seen in a long time. I mean, yeah, I understand guys needing a day off, but do they all need the same day off? And you've got two off days, Thursday today when you and I are recording. You know, we're still working, Crowley. Cubs might not be working, but Crowley and Dustin are working. And then they've got Monday off. So, I mean, come on. Yeah, the Cubs scored three runs on six hits. They went one uh, one for two with runners in scoring position, leaving four men on base. There wasn't a lot of offense. Matt Mervis hit his first MLB home run to tie the game off the right field foul pole. I thought it was. I thought he put a big dent in that sucker. And Seiya Suzuki hit a two-run home run in the ninth, which takes us to game three, a game in which I also had confidence in with Mr. Consistent Drew Smiley versus J.P. France, who was making his first home start for the Astros and the Cubs. This this one, Dustin, was the most gut-wrenching loss of the 2023 season, without a question. With, with, a, capital, with a capital G, since you went with gut-wrenching. I, I literally felt I, I, I couldn't go to sleep last night. I was tossing and turning. I was so mad. Uh, he, Smiley gave the Cubs exactly what they needed. Six innings. He gave up four hits, one run, no walks, and eight Ks. He gave up a solo home run to Alex Bregman in the first, and then he's retired 14 consecutive batters. I'm not counting a fielding error by Patrick Wisdom, but Smiley has allowed two earned runs or less in each of his last eight starts. And when you talk about all the big free agent signings the Cubs did this last offseason, Drew Smiley's got to be on that list as one of the best. I had my doubts, but he has definitely proven me wrong, Crowley. He has been fantastic after maybe a, a rough outing, right, to start the season. Right. I can think of two starts that weren't great. His first start and then that one I saw when he was playing against Miami at Wrigley. Other than that, he has been outstanding. And really, the really offense... good. He really, breaks up the, he really breaks up the monotony too well of the, 
of the right-handed starters. Right, and the offense did their job. Could it have been better? Yes. But was the loss their fault? No. They scored yeah. three in the first after Christopher Morel walked. Dansby hit an RBI triple. And then Seiya Suzuki picked up where he left off the night before. He hits a home run to put the Cubs up 3 nothing. You know, Dustin, I told you last time Suzuki's getting hot, and you said smoldering. I said hot. He ended up having – he reached base five times. Five times. He's woken up. Listen, I got to give him – listen, we were giving him a hard time on the Mully and Haw show as well, and I took personal victory lap this morning on the show saying we were the ones that fired him up and got him motivated. <laughs> well, two home runs, two walks, and a single. He became the first Japanese player in MLB history – to Homer in three consecutive plate appearances. And the first Cub to do it since Chris Bryant did it on May 17th, 2019. So he hit the two home run home run the night before and then home runs in his first two at bat. So that was three right there. Yeah, pretty cool. He, pretty cool stat. That that's an accomplishment. There's no doubt about that. He's the one guy that's probably upset the Cubs aren't playing today. Right. And I talked about Saya in our hot versus not last time. And, and, and this is what I said, if you remember, he had no bleak injury. And I, I know that, that uh, Joe Girardi talked about it on the broadcast. That's a tough injury for hitters, right? He got it at the beginning of spring training. He had a very, he had a slightly extended spring training, a very short minor league rehab stint. He only played four Cubs with four games with the I Cubs. So you know what? You knew that he was behind, and his timing is finally starting to click. He is a guy that I think is going to be a big part of this Cubs team this year as far as their success or their failure. And Christopher Morrell had another game, great game. He went three for five. He scored two runs, drew a walk, and hit another home run. Five home runs in eight games, Dustin. I mean, what he's doing is just out of this world. And then Ian Happ, two for three with a double, an RBI, and a walk. Even Miles Mastrobwani, your favorite, went one for two with three walks. He was on base four times. Hey, he that, played some good defense at second base. That's where he belongs. He's a second baseman. He's an infielder. You know where I don't want Master Boney? On the roster. But I definitely don't want him playing right field for the Cubs when Christopher Morrell was sitting around taking hacks with the I-Cubs. Right. So the offense went 2-for-10 with runners in scoring position, and they left 14 on, men on base. But I'm sorry, Dustin. If you score six runs and your starter gives you six innings of one-run ball, you should be should able be to enough. win the damn that game. That should be more than enough. Now, look, let's, we're here, the bullpen, right? I've been hard on manager David Ross, but at the same time, Dustin, the players need to do their job as well. they got to do their Eli job. There's no doubt about that, but there are some questions here, Crowley. Let's go through it, but there are some questions. Hopefully you can talk me through it, but I got, I got, I got questions. I cannot wait till next Wednesday when we have a chance to talk to uh, Tommy Hadovy. I need to be walked through how these decisions are made. Right. Now, we know Alzali has not been feeling well. He got that flu bug that Steele had. But he went one inning, he gave up two hits, but no runs, but didn't look as sharp as he has recently, and that's in the seventh inning. Then the Ross called on Mark Leiter Jr. If you remember in the last show, I said, I like Mark Leiter in the eighth, and I like Alzali in the ninth. That's how I would set it up if I was managing this team. And I think that it was the right move to have Leiter on, and he didn't have it. He gave up three hits and two runs to make it a 6-3 ball game. Now, I didn't hear about him having that flu bug or anything like that. Maybe he was just off that day, but you still have a 6-3 lead. Now, for me, Dustin, this is where I start to scratch my head, right? He calls on, David Ross calls on Keegan Thompson in the ninth. 
I don't think Thompson is much of a closer. That's not his role. We no. talked about he's it. He's been the in the ninth the inning two times. He's been in the ninth inning or beyond two times. One time against right. the Cardinals when they had a big lead, and another time in extra innings against the Rays. Right, and and, he's and not and a ninth we, inning guy. He's not a ninth inning guy. Right. What you and I have talked about is his role was the multi-inning reliever. He should yep. go two, maybe three innings. And I don't, I don't understand why people don't get it. I've seen it a bajillion times. I'm sure you have too. There's something different about that ninth inning, the final three outs, and there's no stats, there's no data that you can pull that says why or why it, it, it's different. It's three outs, right? But it just hits different. And you know what? He's struggled – Keegan, even though he for the most had good numbers, if you looked and you dove deeper at the barrels, if you took a look at where he was throwing the ball, if you took a look at the speed gun, the peripherals were not there. And he he basically just got his velocities down, his control is off. And I think he needs to go to Iowa to get straightened out. It's not a punishment. Again, I'm not saying this is what you get. I think there's things he has to work on. And I think Assad needs to be called up and made that multi-inning bullpen option. Yep. Not, I suggested not a, the exact same thing. Assad better be meeting this team in Philadelphia, and Keegan needs a little break. Right, and again, not to put it's not a punishment. It's just to fix some no. things. And when he gets better, you call him back up. But again, right. Assad should be in the multi-inning role. If he comes in in the ninth, I'm going to be irritated. And so Keegan came in and immediately gave up a single and a homer in the first two batters he faced the seventh and eighth hitter in the lineup to make it a 6-5 ball game. Then he walked the speed, speedy Mauricio Dubon to put the tying run on How base. do you walk that guy? How do you walk right. that guy? Right. And so, you know, it's not like literally when that guy's on there, if, if he doesn't steal the base, if a guy gets a single, he's going to third. I mean, it's just a disaster. And so Keegan didn't retire a single batter. He gave up two hits, two runs, one walk, zero strikeouts. Now, here, Dustin, it, I, okay, i give you issue number one I had. Issue number one is, is going to Keegan in the first place. He's not a ninth-inning guy. But then he calls on Brandy, he, Brandon Hughes, a lefty, to pitch to two righties? Like, wh- why would you do that? Why there's wouldn't gotta you call be something. There's got to be something. He's supposedly, you know, he's good against everybody. Okay, but I, I, I would not have done that. I would have gone, because what you had is you had Where's two Estrada? righties. Where's Estrada? Why not Estrada? Right. And so Jeremy Pena doubled and Alex Bregman walked to load the bases. But what I'm saying here is, is that you could have had um, you could have had Estrada take the first two righties and then you get some lefties and you could easily have called in Hughes on the lefties. That I would have well, done everything you could have, you know, or Crowley or Crowley. You could have stayed with Drew Smiley for one more inning. You could have had you could have had Alzale pitch two innings. You could have had then Lighter coming in in the eighth inning. Right, I mean, there's all these shoulda, coulda, wouldas. I'm I'm most disappointed in Lighter. Lighter has done a really good job, but then even after Lighter gave up, cut the lead in half. Right, he gives back two more runs. It's six to three. What did he do then? He strikes out the rest of the side, so he's in good form. What's the rush to get away from him now? I, I just, they just seemed like they were in a rush. It was like it was like they made a plan. It felt like they made a plan before the game started, and the plan said. Drew Smiley's going to go hopefully, hopefully six innings. Give us a quality start. Then we're going to go to this guy. And then we're going to go to this guy. And then we're going to go to this guy. And that's the plan. Here we go. And they didn't react to what was actually happening in the game. It's like, we made, we took our time. We made a plan. And now because we got to the point where Smiley got us to the sixth and got us a quality start, here we go with our bullpen plan. And it didn't work. Like, like I said, my issue comes with 
three things. Thompson coming in and then uh, calling in Brandon Hughes to face two righties and just letting Estrada sit on the bench. And before uh, the game, Ross went out of his way to tell our guy, okay, to tell Coomer how he was in the bullpen's corner. He was in Fulmer's corner. Well, then why didn't he call on Fulmer last night if he's in his corner? Then after the game, he talks about, we had to win this game. That was a game we had to have. Well, if you had to have it, why would you have managed the bullpen the way you managed it? Absolutely. And and so, you know, as far as it goes, you know, Hughes was able to get one out um, when when uh, Al- we got Jordan Alvarez to ground out to Master Buani, who threw, it, uh, threw out Dubuan at home, which is a great play. But Kyle Tucker single. Jeremy Pena just beats the throw by Morrell. Ross challenges it while fireworks are going off, but the call was upheld. The Astros sweep the Cubs. Gut-wrenching is the only thing I could think of to talk about that loss. But as frustrating as it is, the thing that has to happen is this bullpen needs to get figured out. But there are – you're at a point right now in this season where it's not over, okay? The Cubs weren't winning the World Series in April, and they're not out of the playoffs because of what's happened recently. All right? Our, our guy, Full Count Tommy, he's been on the show. He put up a tweet, and I just want to share it so that people get off the ledge – 2022 playoff teams through 43 games. Seattle was at 18 and 25. Cleveland was at 19 and 24. Philadelphia was 20 and 23. Atlanta was 20 and 23. They're roughly where the Cubs are. There is no need to panic. I think the Cubs have great starting pitching. Um, When Kyle Kendricks comes back, it's going to be that much better. And I think Tyone is going to get better as well. Uh, I think that there's a lot of good pieces here. That being said, Dustin, there are three guys that no longer need to be on this team, and I don't want to see on. I want to see out. And my three guys are different than your three guys, I think. But I think we'll have a couple overlapping. I do not want to see Eric Hosmer anymore. I talked about it on the last show, and I'll bring it up. There is no point to have him. I don't care if he brings juice boxes and orange slices and is the world's greatest <laughs> teammate and reminds everybody to call their moms on their birthdays. I don't care. I'm done. I don't want him there. Okay. The other guy is Nick Madrigal. He is not doing anything offensively. He is not barely serviceable at third base. I'm sorry. You got a guy in Chris Morrell that's doing great things. And if all of a sudden Madrigal lights it up at third base and, and Morrell is struggling, switch him up. I don't care. But at this point in time, he needs to be done. And then the other guy that I'm, I'm kind of taking a look at um, is – you know, I'm very curious well, Master, to see what Master Boney, I hope. Master Boney, I hope. I, I don't think Master Boney's on that list because he, to me, would replace Magical in the lineup. And so that, that, that to me, I think, is somebody that he can play outfield. He's not good at it, but he can play it. He can play infield spots, and he's faster than Magical. And so I've, got, I've seen more out of him than I've seen out of Magical. I'm just tired of that, and I think that there needs to be um, – some definite moves in the bullpen that we Who's your third about. guy? Who's your third guy? I'm, 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 I'm hesitant to say the third. As far as Tucker Barnhart is concerned, I guess giving Miguel Amaya a little bit of time is okay. Um, but I, 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 I am, you know, it's just, I, I'm not as upset about that as the other two. I, I, I'm, I've been done with Hosmer. I'm done with Magical. Those two for sure. Well, I, I disagree with you with Magical, but I want, I want, Christopher Morrell to get more reps than Nick Madrigal, but I think, I think having Madrigal around makes sense. I don't. He he's not going to benefit from a minor league. I'm a getting to agree with you with Hosmer, but I still think it's more business than it is. But they need some arms up here, so get Master Boney out of here and get another arm up here, especially our guy Assad. 
I will say this. There is one thing when it comes to the business of baseball, one bottom line, winning. And Eric Hosmer does not help you do that. 